To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hello, welcome to the show. The affiliate links for everything is in the description down below. Welcome to the Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Jay here, questions, concerns, comments, anything PS related, go ahead, positivesarcasm.com. There's a contact section there you can email me. But of course, you guys are always welcome. I don't know any of these people. Anyways, moving on. You can always email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. Supposing music for fitness competitors, any video editing or audio editing that you need done, please let me know. This is take two. I'll be honest. I almost fell asleep in take one. I had to go get myself some tea. It happens, man. You just next, you're talking and I, I review it and I'm like, huh? What am I saying? Brock Lesnar? What's that all about? So, figured I'd get myself some nice green tea, reset up, change a couple things around, boom, smooth it out. This is what happens. Sometimes, some, you know, I'm a, I'm a busy guy. I, I do busy things. I do a lot of stuff. And the minute you sit down, you're just like, and then your brain just kind of shuts off, you know? So, and I didn't want to overload myself with more coffee, even though I got the new Chobani uh, cookie dough flavor in the fridge that is made with real cream, not any of that vegetable oil garbage. Because you know me, this is a wellness podcast, and you know me, I'm not going to have any of that partially hydrogenated cookie stuff in my fridge. I'm going to have the real cream stuff, you know? Um, and I'll be honest with you, I make the best coffee uh, uh, in the world. <laughs> Just Maybe not in the world. Honestly, the best coffee I ever had was still... Um, Fort Worth, Florida? What's that town right next to Palm Beach? Yeah, little Cubano spot. Um, little little tiny coffee. I mean, it was pretty sure it was just Cafe Bustelo, but my God, the strongest thing in the world. And came with a churro. It was the best, hands down. Loved it. Anyways, we're going to go with dig.com's Q&A this week. Um, questions, concerns, comments, you can always email me directly through my website. If you want to look at other stuff PS-related, it's all there. All the links, all the articles, all the stuff is right there for you to absorb. If you're looking to get some affiliate links so you can make some quick money in the stock market, there's there's referral links for everything where you're going to get free cash, free stock, um, a high interest savings account. It's all there. There's a there's a, of course therapy. There's a BetterHelp app and encourage some emergency break glass. You know, you got to make the got to make that phone call. There's a number there. And then of course a couple podcasts courtesy of Jordan B Peterson, Doctor Jordan B Peterson, and the great and powerful Mel Robbins. So go ahead and try. I didn't know she's like right down. She's like an hour away from me. I mean, I'm not. I I swear I'm not gonna bother. Her. I just didn't know she was like right there in Vermont or New Boston. One of the two. But she says it right there in her podcast. So I'm not giving away any co- any corporate secrets here. So that being said, let's go ahead and start with the first dig.com question, which is regarding uh, reaching out to a job interview who um, criticized one of her interview questions. How dare you? I was rejected from a role for not answering an interview question. Why is my volume so loud? Calm down. I had all the skills they asked for, and the recruiter and hiring manager loved me. Congratulations. Um, hey, even I've had interviews that I thought went great, and whatever. I'm better off. Um, I had a final round of interviews, appear in the hiring team, appear from another team that I would work with closely with the, both of the directors of both teams. Ooh, and then my and so would my would be grand boss. What's a grand boss? It's like Street Fighter. Uh, thought it was, which I thought was weird. And then finally, a technical test with the hiring manager I'd already spoken to. Um, 
God, who designed this stop sign? <sighs> uh, I don't know if it matters, but I'm a male, and everyone I interviewed with was a female. Okay, well, I, I, at least you're being honest. I can tell you this much, though. Um, my guidance counselor is a female. My boxing coach is a female. Uh, my mom is a female. Uh, so guess what? You know, I work with females all the time. So uh, the interviews went great, except for the grand boss. I asked why she was interviewing me since it was a technical position. She, uh, and she was clearly some kind of middle manager. Did you say that to her? I mean, if you said that to her, that's already a red flag. Um, she told me she had a technical background, although she had been in management for 10 years. So it's not like her experiences were even relevant. Jeez. Dude, you're not looking sparkly in my eyes already. But that she was, you seem kind of combative. But what's continue on? But that she was interviewing for things like communication, ability to prioritize, and soft skills. I still thought it was weird to interview with my boss's boss. Mm. Uh, she asked pretty standard and boring questions. Okay, fine. Uh, which I aced, so you thought. But then she asked me uh, t to tell her about her biggest mistake I've made in my career and how I handled it. I told her I'm a professional and I don't make mistakes. That was That's a mistake right there. She argued with me. No, you argued with her. Uh, you lit that candle, bro. Boy, am I already combative right off the beginning here. Let's finish this. Let's just finish the question here. She said everyone makes mistakes, but what matters is how you handle them and prevent the same mistake from happening in the future. Valid point. Uh, point to the grand boss. I told her maybe... Oh, there we go. Make comments again. I told her maybe she made, made mistakes as a developer, but since I actually went to school for it, I didn't have that problem. She seemed fine with it, and we moved forward with the interview. A couple days later, the recruiter emailed me uh, to say that she, they had decided to go with someone else. Let's get the article monitor up so everybody can see what the hell I'm talking about. Um, I wrote back and asked the grand boss. Okay. They asked for feedback, uh, why I wasn't chosen. She said there were other candidates who were stronger. All right. Pretty, you know, generic answer. I wrote back and asked if the grand boss had been the reason. I didn't get the job, and she just told me again that the hiring panel made a decision to hire somebody else. I looked at the I looked the grand boss up on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. After the rejection, she was the developer at two industry leaders and then an executive at a third. She was also connected to a number of well-known C-level people in our city and industry. Industry, science, and technology. I'm thinking of mailing her on LinkedIn to explain why her question was wrong, and asking if she'll ever consider me for future positions at her company. But what? But my wife says it's a bad idea. What do you think about me mailing her to try to? Nope. Mm -mm, you're done. No. There's too many combative stances in here. There's too much narcissism up here near the top. So it's a trait that I am very well known about and apparently was very well work, uh, very well versed in until I had to straighten myself out. Um, there's no point in fighting a battle that's already been lost. So why don't you just do yourself a favor and accept that you actually did make a mistake and this wasn't your first one. And uh, you went to school for it. Um, yeah, but... Clearly, it hasn't suited you very well because you um, want to challenge people who don't even pay your salary yet. And you saying that you don't make mistakes is a super, super red flag. And you're already questioning this person. After you went through all the rigmarole of talking to all these other people, interviewing with all these people, and supposedly all of them going well. And then you, you, you can't put up with one more interview? I mean, come on, man. So I, I see a lot of red flags here for why you didn't get hired. I mean, I don't know why 
the others didn't pick up on this, but you clearly, according to what you stated in this Q&A, you clearly stated all this. And I can see a lot of red flags just from that, from what you stated. Even if the person was not uh, a developer and blah, 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 they're obviously trying to figure you out. They're trying to figure out. They want to know if you're going to be a good fit for the company that they're building, not for the company you're building. And you didn't get the job because you actually have character traits that they don't want. It's perfectly fine when you're working at a company to challenge, to question, to push, to prod. There's a lot of ways to do this. You didn't display those traits. And that's why they went with somebody better. Somebody quite possibly safer and more agreeable. And we didn't even, we're not even talking about the money yet. So you, you were the reason the interview didn't go well and why they chose somebody else, not her. Anyways, moving on. How should I... Okay, I've always been on the thin side. Congratulations. Even getting screened for eating eating disorder in high school. Okay. Um, but I just had I just had a high metabolism. Yeah, I do too. Uh, my boyfriend of uh, five years said I looked great. Well, good. That's what he should say. And emphasized it was even better to be underweight than overweight. Yeah. Okay. I, I think he's just trying to be... No. He's, he's on the right track, but... Obviously, something's going to happen here where he's going to fall off of it. A while back, I got COVID and ended up losing my sense of smell and even more weight. My boyfriend was very supportive, always telling me I was beautiful even when I felt like death. And it's, okay, he's doing well so far. Let's keep going. Uh, this year, my sense of smell came back. All right. It's been wonderful. Food tastes good again. I've been treating my, I've been treating myself. My doctor was pleased with my health and told me I edged into the normal weight range for my, hate, my weight, for my height. Okay. So, all right. They're good. So, you're you're healthy and you're eating and that's great quite frankly um if you just got your sense of smell and taste back i would i would absolutely take you to the olive garden and get you the whole the whole you know front page i would too even if you put on a few pounds whoop do you do um when i got home my boyfriend was happy to hear i was doing well then he asked me about my weight and he seemed surprised when i told him he said wow quote Wow, I'd never guess you you weigh that much. A few hours later, he brought it up again, asking whether I plan to get any heavier. I said no, and that I'm fine where I am. He agreed, but said I'm about... All right, here we go. Off the rails we go. A few hours later, he brought it up, blah, 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 plan to get heavier. Um, he gr agreed, but said about 8 to 10 pounds less would be better. Better for whom? I asked him why, because the doctor was happy and all the labs were great. All right, doctors are doctors, but still. Um, he said he thought it was normal for me to be on the thinner side and gave a definite high, uh, weight he thought I should be at. I repeated, no, I'm running every day and I'm fine where I am. Okay, then. Um, and the next day, he brought it up again, asking whether I was going to weigh myself once a week to keep track. When I straight up asked him why he was so focused on this, he said he didn't really care that much well if he didn't care that much why is he bringing it up obviously he's bringing it up because he cares maybe or because he's trying to protect his own image or maybe he's concerned about you you're eating out of control or something but many different reasons i haven't really pinpointed on one yet and we haven't really gotten to the solution i'm not convinced because he's still bringing it up this morning when i kissed him goodbye he asked whether i weighed myself and tried to get me to check in with him right then what do you think um you're obviously pinpointing these things out more often than not which can be understandable once it, something he, a person says bothers you you tend to pick up on it more often but it seems like he's fixated on this thing 
And I wouldn't cut weight. I wouldn't. Well, obviously, a lot of people would say, uh, yeah, you can lose some weight right now, about 185 pounds. But I think at this point, oops, almost just knocked everything over. Please excuse me. I think you really need to like have a talk with him and saying, I'm not happy with the things that you're saying. And if you want to keep saying them, I'm going to close up. I'm going to start to pull away. And then you're going to lose all of me instead of just that 8 to 10 pounds that you've been harping about. So if you really are that uncomfortable but you still care about this person, you should do everything in your power to resolve it. And he should do everything in his power to resolve it as well. Okay, because if we're, you really want to ruin a relationship over 8 to 10 pounds, I know I wouldn't. Quite frankly, I'd eat the Cheerios out of the dimples of your ass if I want me to be perfectly honest with you. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, have a talk with this guy. Straighten him out or ditch him. Next one. Cruising along today. I have an ongoing situation with my 17-year-old son, Jacob. Jacob's a sharp kid. Super sharp. Gensu knife sharp. Which causes him to think he knows better than adults in just about everything. Nothing really out of the ordinary, but just normal teenage contrariness. Contrariness. Contrariness? He has restrictions on his phone and internet usage. He knows my husband and I monitor him. The issue when he issue came when he got a car. That gave him the range to go lots of places that he really shouldn't. And he's canny enough with electronics that I wasn't sh sure we could entirely trust his phone to report his location accurately, especially if he was willing to drop it off somewhere. So I slipped a, a cheapy phone under the little flap that stores the spare tire, and I could always track the location to, uh, of that to know where he was driving about three weeks ago. He said he had a flat tire, went to change it. That's when he discovered the phone. I figured that's what it, that's what it's for, and stopped taking me, stopped talking to me entirely. Ooh. That's when he discovered the phone, figure out what's a, what it was for, and stop talking to me entirely. If he's if he absolutely has to communicate with me, he'll write something, give it to his younger sister, and get her to hand it to me. He'll sit in the room with me for he'll sit in the room with me for dinner, but other than that, he'll leave the room when I enter. Okay. I get that he feels oppressed and dramatic, but he knew that I was monitoring monitoring him. So this reaction is really excessive, and he has to understand that it's a dangerous world out there, and he has, and he's still a child. He's a child he can drive, um, and not free to roam as he pleases. He and his whole life ahead of him. He always wants to rush ahead to whatever he wants to do. Now that I don't know how to get to get him to see reason here, especially since he actively refuses to communicate with me in anything but the most perfunctory manner. Um, so, all right, hold on a second here. You know that your kid's smart. You told him that you're monitoring him. Um, normal teenage... Okay, nothing... It causes him to think he knows he knows better than adults. Okay. That's your typical... That's typical teenage stuff. That's no different. Um, but you told him that you're monitoring him. And then he got a car, and they gave him the range. Okay, and he's canny. Okay. You said he's really smart with electronics. Um, so, all right. Ha in this page paragraph right here... You put a phone, another phone in his trunk, and you've already told me that he's smart enough and, and intelligent enough to figure out uh, maybe there's something in the car, even though it was a flat tire, blah, blah, blah. Whatever the case, he found the phone. He found the phone. 
Here's the other thing. Has he even given you a reason to not trust him yet? So why would you go ahead and put a backup method? In? That basically just means that you're a teenager. You don't. I get it. Nobody trusts teenagers. They're stupid. Okay, we know this. They're smart, but they're stupid. Okay, they're intelligent, but they're not experienced. Let me put it to you, to you that way. Um, when he finds that phone, he realizes that you don't trust him at all to do, to ultimately make the right decisions, or you just don't trust him at all to enough to make wrong decisions. He's a teen. He's going to make wrong decisions. He's going to go off to college to make dumb decisions. Or not go to college and make dumb decisions. Actually, make not going to college would probably be a smarter decision in my uneducated opinion. Um, but you basically, by throwing that phone in there, you lost his trust before you lost his trust. Wait. He lost trust in you before you lost trust in him. So, uh, my first instinct is, yeah, I get it. Your house, your car, your rules. Fine. State that. And then you, then you state, if you do anything, and I find out about it, that then you can have your disciplinary actions and blah, blah, blah. And you can either take away his phone, take away his car. Okay, fine, whatever. But you put another phone in there that betrays his trust. Got to have the trust of your parents. You do. You do. You're going to do – he's going to do stuff anyways, but that's – don't take the lazy way out. And, yeah, is it a dangerous world? I, I get it, but – at the same time, I mean, is he driving around? Is he driving around cross streets in, in Lower Los Angeles, or are we talking about some random town in Wisconsin here? The fact is, is that you lost his trust the minute you dumped, minute he found that phone, and you should have never put it in there. In my opinion, I don't think you ever should have put it in there. Why are you going to monitor him so much with technology? He's 17. He's going to get into trouble whether you put 90 phones in there and turn it into a burn factory or you put no phones in there and you literally fill his tank to the brim with gasoline. He's going to do what he's going to do because he's 17. And it's not that you need to trust him to make all the right decisions. You just need to trust him to know that he's at least going to get home in one piece and move on to the next day. You know? That's... And... There are some things that they're not going to tell you. Even if you tell them it's okay, you can talk to me. There's some things that are just going to go and do their own thing. If he does something majorly stupid, you go from there. But you helped him get that freedom. He's going to utilize it. The monitoring thing, though, if you tell him the truth, which you did in the beginning, that's fine. But then you put another phone in there. Mm -mm. I think you actually have to say, I'm sorry. You, you do. You have to say sorry to your son that I overreacted, I betrayed your trust, which you did, and you need to make up for it to some capacity. I do understand why he's not talking to you. I get it. I went through a little phase like that as well. Um, anyways, let's move on to – was that it? Was that all of them? You got to be kidding me. Nope, I did that one. Um – I did that one, and I did that one. So, oh, let's do one. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry. Okay. I'm getting married in about six months. Yay! Congratulations. Uh, I'm the bride. All right. Okay, good. Glad you told me. Um, and have been excited to plan the wedding. I've been thinking about this for a very long time. I like wedding questions. Um, the problem is I'm having is with my bridesmaids. Shocker. I have six attendants. 
Only one of them, my sister, lives locally because I chose women from throughout various periods of my life. That's clever, actually. I like that. I've envisioned spending a really fun Saturday dress shopping with my mother and bridesmaids, drinking champagne and trying on dresses. Oh, how original. And I've been trying to coordinate this, but none of them seem able or willing to come to town to do this. Two of them have family here. I'm so disappointed and I'm, I'm, and I'm unsure if I've chosen the wrong people to stand up with me. What should I do? Should I find different attendants? Um... Well, okay. In the real world, people work. In the real world, people have families, obligations, other events, other things. So try to work with them. Because the, you said that these are people from different time periods. So if they're not part of your current life, if they're not part of your current life, then what do you expect that they you know, live in Des Moines and you live in Maryland and they're just going to drop everything and do all this stuff with you? It's like you have to like work with them. Or just be like, hey, you know, I will work with my maid of honor and we will sort out the details. You guys just be there for, you know, the before party and be there for the actual ceremony. Do that. That that in itself is perfect. I, this bridezilla planning the wedding stuff, it can get a little ridiculous. And you know what? It ends up less, it ends up being less and less about the wedding, and it just becomes a bit of a fiasco. And this stuff bothers me greatly. So, simple weddings to me are are the best. Matter of fact, getaway weddings are you know, uh, those are even better. And I've I've shot a couple of those, and those are fantastic. So, you need to give you need to chill out with your bridesmaids. They got lives, and they may have children and husbands and blah blah blah. So, you got to give them a break. Um, don't overdo it. Otherwise, they're just not going to come all together. And then, you know, you you look poorly, which is not something a woman wants to look on her wedding day. Moving on. Rachel. Where's Rachel? And I have co-hosted an annual party for six years. Four years ago, I introduced her to my close friend, Joe. And they dated for a while before he broke it off. She didn't take it well, and he has not been invited to the party since. I want to invite him again, but Rachel quote, just can't do it. I want her to be comfortable, but I don't think what I'm asking for is unreasonable. How do you know? Um, do I tell her how I feel and she, that she needs to grow up, or should I consider splitting up the co-hosted party? Ah, uh, boy. Well, you introduced her to, her, to the close friend. Alright, so you're kind of partly responsible for this. Um... If she just can't do it, then she can't do it. I, I, ugh. yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, hmm. Let me think about this for a second. Let's take about eight seconds of silence and figure this out. Okay. Uh, they dated for a while. She didn't take it well, and he has not been invited to the party since. Okay. Then I would just leave things status quo. You obviously can't please everyone all at once. So I guess what you should do is just keep inviting Rachel. And you know what? If you care about Rachel, I know you care about Joe, but you care about Rachel too. And if this is the status quo of how things are going to be, then I would just leave it as it is. 
so that Rachel can feel comfortable in a setting. Otherwise, she's not going to come, and maybe Joe won't want to come anyways, and it just turns into like this one thing. I mean, I don't know how... So you co-hosted an annual party for six years, and it's like... Oh, well, wait, Rachel co-hosts the party. Okay, well, no, Rachel's... It's Rachel's party. She co-hosts it. So she has a say in who comes and who doesn't. So, yeah. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, out, bro. You know, no offense. No offense. Move on to the next one. That one actually, I figured, it took me a minute. A couple brain cells were slow to get up this morning, but that actually looks like it made sense. All right. Let's do, let's see. Mm. Right, guys, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Most tea is disgusting. It's good for you, but tea is disgusting. All right. Tastes like dirt. All right. Let's do one more. We'll get out of here. A good friend has a new romantic interest. Uh, we are huge fans, exclamation point. Here's the problem. Oh, it's always a problem. He wears loose glitter in his hair. I'll say that again. He wears loose glitter in his hair. The last time he visited, our home was covered in tiny, impossible to gather pieces of glitter. We want to support this new relationship and dictating how people dress doesn't sit well with us. But the glitter mess is overwhelming. Can we say something to our friend? Okay. Um, who wears glitter? In their hair. What guy wears a guy? Like an actual guy guy. Glitter? You know, I'll be honest with you. In my entire existence, I put a lot of things all over my body. And sometimes in my body. But I'll be honest with you. that Glitter is not one of them. Glitter is... No. Glitter is glitter. And dudes are not to be invited to the same party. They don't... Sh nope. No. No. Gl glitter's out. I'm sorry. Sorry if my toxic masculinity is shining through. But men don't wear glitter. All right? That's it. If I saw, I'll be honest with you. If I walk up to a dude, or I walk up to an employee, or if I walk up to the president of the United States, I see glitter in his hair, I'll be like, hey, it's with the glitter. Why are you wearing glitter in your hair? Are you a backup dancer to Rihanna? Huh? Are you are you a stunt dancer for Doja Cat? Are you in a drag parade? Take the glitter out of your hair because it's stupid. I'm sorry. Men don't wear glitter. We don't. We don't wear glitter. Okay? I get that some men wear dresses. I get that some men turn into women. I get that some men try to get into the pool and race against female swimmers. But in none of these none of these scenarios is a man who wants to be close with a woman, with the very exception of wanting to be one, wearing glitter in their hair. And your good friend has a new romantic interest. What does your good friend see in this person beyond the glitter? Okay. 
If we want this problem to go away, if we want this problem to go away, I'll make it very simple for you. Ditch the glitter. Okay? Throw the glitter in the ditch. Throw the glitter in the trash. Make the glitter go away. Gone be glitter. Glitter be gone. Make the go go glitter go, 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 go away. Men don't wear glitter. They don't. If you're a man who wears glitter in his hair, I don't want to talk to you. I don't. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Men don't wear glitter. I don't know what else to tell you. Sorry. Men can men can be metrosexual. Glitter doesn't... Glitter is not part of that. That is not part of the metrosexual wardrobe. Especially if you're trying to get women. Post-op. Anyways, that's enough for today. Um, if you guys have questions, concerns, comments, go ahead and hit me up on my website, PositiveSarcasm.com. Uh, if you want to know where I got this jacket, if you want to know where I get my questions from, if you want to know uh, what my health and wellness tips are, uh, if you want to know about my 90-day my uh, mental makeover, 90-day mental makeover. Um, and if you have other questions, if you want to hit me up through my uh, Instagram, at positive underscore sarcasm, posing music for fitness competitors, any audio or video work that you have questions on, more than happy to assist. Like, subscribe, share, donate, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amounts appreciated. Also, check out the apps in the, in the description down below. Come on. Don't be silly. Pay yourself, which also kind of pays me. Um, email positivesarcasm at outlook.com. Audio version of this podcast. Anywhere where podcasts are available. Anywhere, including Substack. But if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, go on YouTube at Positive Sarcasm. And, of course, Rumble, rumble.com, Positive Sarcasm. In the meantime, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I'll talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. For entertainment purposes only, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. <laughs>